1: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and
0: management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
2: And welcome to the show we are celebrating National Epilepsy Awareness Month throughout the month and have had guests on that have helped us increase not just awareness, but really educate everyone about epilepsy. I want to thank all of you listeners. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, you, you have all been so supportive. I want to especially thank Yoshiko Dart, uh, one of my heroes thank you Yoshika for all you are doing to help the disability community well as you all know I'm a woman living with epilepsy I talk about it all the time and that's why this month is personal to me and it is just a treat for me to have two of my favorite people as guests today who are great advocates for people living with epilepsy we have the executive director and president of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA and Jerry Ritchie who is the chairman of the board uh of the Epilepsy Foundation, both with us. Jerry and Judy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Julie. Judy. Well Jerry, let's start with you. You are the chair of the board of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA. Um but you do have another job other than that. You do something else. So let's hear what is that something else, and then what made you get involved with the Epilepsy Foundation?
0: Thanks, Joyce. I also work with Consol Energy, which is a uh, um, company in western Pennsylvania, publicly traded, that produces coal and captures natural gas. It has about 9,000 employees. We're Fortune 500 company, S&P 500 company. The uh, the role I have is I'm the chief legal officer and executive vice president with responsibility for a number of departments in the company, including HR and government relations and public relations and a couple of others.
2: Well, that's a big company, and you have a big job. So we're really fortunate that we have you helping us out. So, so what got you involved? What made you want to get involved?
0: Well. Um, I have epilepsy. I've had it since I was 19, no, 18 years old, and I've been very, very fortunate to have um, had it well controlled by medication. I thought that it was an appropriate time in my life to uh, participate in something like the Epilepsy Foundation, and so I contacted Judy Painter and stopped to see her, and uh, we thought there would be a good fit, and that's how I got involved.
2: Well, let me just say this to all of the people listening to the show, uh, adults and young people with epilepsy listening to the show. You know what people tell you if you have epilepsy, you can't do it, you won't make it. Here we have uh, an executive from Console Energy that has the powerful job of general counsel. And here he is living with epilepsy, being successful, so that can be a defining, data point role model for you you can succeed it does not stop you from succeeding and jerry we are very thankful that you are the chair of the board and that you and your leadership have helped us so much so thank you for your generosity of time thanks joyce okay so how about you judy painter when did you first get involved and why did you get involved well, I think I may have gotten involved when Jerry was 18. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs>
1: close. Uh actually I've I've been with the foundation uh, next uh or the, this coming May I or it, I will be there. It will be my 25th anniversary with the, with the Epilepsy Foundation. And just as a wow. sidebar, uh just as a sidebar, you know, not only is Jerry is very successful uh, in his career, and he's very, very uh, intelligent, and you know he's a, a great leader in the community. But when he was in college, he ran track, and he, uh, what was your time, Jerry, for a mile?
0: I, I broke the four-minute mile. Do
1: you believe that? Wow! Hey, that that is like, a, like one of the most impressive things to me, breaking the four-minute mile. Wow. So he was he was a contender for the uh, Olympics. So. Uh, very, very proud of him for not only that work, and he continues his, his, his workout schedule. So that's, that's, that's really great. Although he's doing something very sedentary, like golf now.
2: But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my husband likes that sedentary exercise also. Uh, yes.
1: Uh, if I could do it, I'd probably like it too. Um
2: anyway, I, so I, be, I
1: became involved with the foundation almost 25 years ago, Joyce, and um uh, <laughs> I was by myself, I was a one-person office uh, in Pittsburgh, and um, so I had to answer all the telephones and listen to people talk about epilepsy and what their life experiences were. And it immediately made me very, very, very passionate about the cause. And I believe, um, you know, that's carried through the whole 25 years. And I was, we were sitting at lunch the other day and someone was telling me that, uh, uh, they had a telephone call from someone who asked them to send them information about epilepsy, but to please send it in a, uh, without a return address, uh, from the Epilepsy Foundation. They just wanted, you know, their name on it and they wanted to make sure that, you know, the postman did not see that, you know, that they were asking for information about epilepsy. And so, Although that, that was something that just uh, made me so angry 25 years ago, I find that it's still going on 25 years later. Uh, this morning I was thinking about them, and I'm thinking, like, is this the last line of defense? I mean, epilepsy has been around since the beginning of time. They talk about it in the Bible. They talk about it constantly. Uh, of course, doctors talk, talk about seizure disorders. And... Um, and still we have people who are afraid to talk about epilepsy. And its I feel that's such a burden on, on, on people. I was talking to a mother today uh, whose daughter passed away uh, during uh, uh, surgery uh, for epilepsy. And, um, you know, she was saying that people, you know, would come to her and say, "Oh, they had someone they knew that had epilepsy," and she says, "Well, maybe I can talk to them," and they say, "Oh, no, 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 they, they they really don't like to talk about it." So, people are sort of surprised, but yet, you know, the myths and putting something in someone's mouth and the fear of that someone might think less of you because you have epilepsy uh, continues today, and I guess that will be the fight for my the rest of my life.
2: Yeah. And, and I, know I, that know you, I know that you yourself I, I, didn't know that you had epilepsy. It, right. And I know how passionate you are about this. You know, as I heard you talking about this, I grew up in a rural area, um, you know, not a wealthy area. And my next-door neighbor, I think I told you this before, Judy, uh, had epilepsy. Mm-hmm. And now this is at a time period we're talking about, like, uh, well, let's see, when would I have seen this happening, 1960, something like that? And she would have a seizure in front of her house on the ground.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, like, no one would do anything about this. You know, I no was... No would talk about it. I know. I was a child, um, and, uh, well, let's see, how old would I... Well, I'm 59 now, so maybe it was like... Uh, because I wasn't really knowing a lot about this till I was a teenager. So whenever that was, I mean, like, people that live very close to her, they wouldn't do one thing. Everyone was, <clears throat> acted like this was just something terrible. You know, something's wrong with her in her mind also. <clears throat> Not just the epilepsy. And, Really, there was disdain, you know, like leprosy. That's how I would describe, like how people, when you read the Bible about how people were about lepers, Mm -hmm. very similar. So, you know, I don't know why, how that all started. It possibly could be because of, uh, you know, the stand way back in time from people thinking this was demon possession um, I'm sure that's a big part of it. But I think another part of it is just fear of when someone has a seizure. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Jerry?
0: You know, I, I think uh, all of the things you mentioned could very well be it. I, I think probably it's so there's not, people don't know what to do when they, when they see somebody having a seizure, and it seems so mysterious that anybody would have a seizure, seizure that I think probably fears a good, uh, a good explanation.
2: How about you, Judy? You've dealt with this a lot. What do you think? Well, I think it's fear, and I think it's a lack of knowledge.
1: Um, Because I I think if more people knew about it and um, knew what to do, you know, one of the things, you know, I I talk about it, but I know more people have seizures than have heart attacks. Uh, But yet, uh, we don't have an antidote. We need, uh, you know, to work with other. Uh, constituents or Red Cross or other agencies to develop uh, programs to uh, tell people what to do in case of seizures, to make sure that people know that there isn't only one kind of seizure, but that there are many different kinds of seizures, and know what to do in case someone does have a seizure. I have been in airports where people have had seizures, and as and people have come in, and you know what happened at the run. Uh, you know, we're first responders do everything wrong. And I'm, I'm standing there and trying to tell them, you know, you know, they're saying to the person who is postictal and just had a grandma seizure, has this ever happened to you before? And the person is saying no. And I'm thinking, I'm saying they don't know what they're saying right now because very often people will say, I don't remember anything I said or what I did until I woke up in the hospital. So I think first responders we have to work with more. I think we have to work very hard with, with you know, maybe the Red Cross or other agencies to say, you know, like, now we're going to come up with a program where people have to be certified uh, in what to do in case someone has a seizure.
0: Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, Joyce, uh, I'm, I'm thinking back to my own experience. When I was uh, first diagnosed with uh, epilepsy, my folks told me, not to tell anybody that I had epilepsy. And I didn't question their judgment, and so for the longest time, I didn't tell anybody. And then as time passed, I started to become a little bit more open about that, um, a little bit more transparent. But even to today, um, even though people know I'm the chairman of the Western Pennsylvania uh, Epilepsy Foundation Foundation, and uh, that I, you know, have a passionate interest in epilepsy. Even to today, when I, I'm telling somebody for the first time that I have epilepsy, there's a there's a doubt in the back of my mind. There's a hesitancy. Um, there's sort of a question: Should I say this or shouldn't I say this? And when I go forward, invariably I'm very well received. People, you know, they say, "Oh, geez, I didn't know you had epilepsy," and and, and we and we move forward. And so. Um, all of the things that perhaps I was taught to fear um, just have not turned out really to be uh, realized. And so people, when I'm talking to people, they seem to be quite comfortable with the fact that I have epilepsy. It's not a major factor in our relationship, and we just move on as normally as we did before I talked about it.
2: Yeah, well, you know, you're helping so many people, Jerry, by talking about it, um, and I understand exactly what you mean. I didn't even know that I had epilepsy. I was having these very unusual fainting spells. I would fall to the ground, and I would be very uh, rigid and, uh, you know, n- not responsive, but I did not have a convulsion. Therefore, no one got this right. You know, people didn't realize there were various types of seizures. And that actually more people have complex partial seizures and absence seizures that people have tonic, clonic, better known as grandma seizures. But nonetheless, this would keep happening to me. But then it all really, that I, when I fainted, it was accompanied by this terrible vomiting. And I mean, and it was getting more and more involved. And so I go to another doctor and he tells me, you're fine. It's just some female hormonal problem and did not test me. So when I went to the movie theater in 1985 and had the uh, seizure where I hit the floor so hard I fractured my skull and ended up having brain surgery and broke all the bones in my right ear, um, it wasn't until I came to an intensive care that they told me, well, those fainting spells you had were really seizures, You already had epilepsy prior to you having the seizure. That's why, as you know, Judy and Jerry, many people with epilepsy, you know, end up having broken arms, legs, whatever, you know, when they fall or have a seizure. You know, many things can go with that. In my case, it was very severe. But I had no idea. And I can tell you I, I don't think anyone would have wanted to think that. You know what I mean? In my family, I don't think anyone would have wanted to think that anyway. And it's because, as I said, there's this stigma, there's this uh, weirdness, um, and that's why it's when people like Jerry and Tony Quello and Alan Fanica and Jason Snellings, who plays for the Falcons, it's when all these people get out there, and say, yeah, you know, I have epilepsy, and here I am, and I'm successful. You know, it wasn't until the end of his career that Chuck Knoll disclosed he had epilepsy. Did you know that, Judy? I knew that he had epilepsy. I never
1: knew he disclosed it. I tried to get in touch with him from the time I started uh, with the foundation, and uh, you know, like the Steelers have said, you know, like, are you sure? You know, like, I mean, they were very, very protective of him, and I don't know if he talks about that publicly or not. I know that it was sort of, there was an article in uh, Sports Illustrated that talked about him losing his pilot's license because he had a seizure, and I know that people had talked about seeing him have a seizure when he was uh, a player for the Browns, but it was not. Unfortunately, uh, that was a burden that that he carried with him because he thought that people would feel less from him. I know that I've worked with people who, for 40 years, you know, because their doctor said don't ever, ever mention the word epilepsy, uh, you know, I kept that burden for 40 years and didn't feel free talking about it until they saw Alan Fanica come out of, uh, and talk about it. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, it is a burden to try to keep that secret, you know, just, you know, not comparing necessarily the two, but, you know, now you hear more and more people coming out about being gay. Uh, but people... Who, Still are in the closet if they are, especially if they're controlled by a medication, uh, they are still uh, would prefer being in the closet about epilepsy because they know that people will look at them differently because people don't know what it means to have epilepsy. It's like having glasses, it's like having diabetes, it's like having anything. Uh, but you know, is epilepsy a well, lot? Right,
2: because I'll, I'll go speak at a company. And then I'll speak maybe to a group of maybe 20 hiring managers. And right in the middle of my presentation, someone raises their hand and they'll say, I understand I have epilepsy. And then there's this quiet, almost shock in the room, and everyone turns and looks at the person because they've worked at the company like 10 years, but they never told anyone. Right. And, you know, and they, they felt, I'm talking about me and all these other people, and don't be ashamed, so they decided to disclose. Uh, but I actually have heard uh, people who are gay say it was easier for them saying they were gay than that they had epilepsy. It's
1: true. It's, it's, it's true. People just don't like it. One time, uh, just recently, I was working with a professional and um and the person says what do you call people with epilepsy <laughs> and i said people <laughs> and i was like what do you mean what do you call people with epilepsy <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> and, they, and they just looked at me like uh, oh, i'm sorry as if they said something politically incorrect i didn't mean to make them feel uncomfortable it was just what do you mean what do you call people with epilepsy
2: Oh, that's okay. I've had people say to me, now, when I meet someone with a disability, what should I say? And I said, hi. <laughs> that, there's your good starter. Hello. Yes. How are you? Well, listen, we'll start here with you, Judy, but uh, please, Jerry, feel free to jump in. Um, I wanted you to talk a little bit, uh, Judy, about some of the programs and services that you provide at the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA?
1: Oh, gosh, we, um, well, you know, we have a summer camp program uh, for children with epilepsy. And as a matter of fact, the young woman that I just talked about who passed away, she was only 17, she attended both of our camps uh, in Pennsylvania. And it, it was a life-changing experience for her. And um so her mother's going to, uh, you know, she set up a memorial fund and, and wants other children who don't have uh, the ability to pay for camp. Uh, and we do have uh, money set aside, uh, you know, that's uh, designated only for children to go to camp. And uh, so we have a camping experience. Teens go through a very rough time. Um, so we have teen retreats for for epilepsy. We have scholarships that we give to people who are going on to secondary education. Uh, we have an employment program. Uh, we've just started doing a transitioning program that uh, parents and uh, teenagers are very excited about, which means you know, like transitioning either from high school to uh, secondary education or transitioning from uh, pediatrics to adult neurology. Uh, there are a lot of questions that people have about insurance issues and, and what's going to happen to them once they're no longer going to be a dependent of the family. Um, a, you know, um, We see a lot of, you know, we, we do school nurse training. Uh, we do first responders training. We see thousands of students um every year uh and tell them what epilepsy isn't and we have special programs whether you know, like they're preschool or younger or middle school or uh high school ages, you know like we have a different program from e- for each one of those people. Did I mention emergency medication programs? Yeah
2: uh, and, in
1: case I mean someone and, and
2: just as you said before, wow, these things are all so important they all are important.
1: Mm-hmm. Um and uh we're very excited uh that we got a grant from Hersa and um we're going to be holding uh a, you know a a a a seminar with all the stakeholders meaning the doctors and the families and uh the people with with the you know, seizures the children with seizures and have them tell us where the gaps in services are uh between, you know, uh the physician to the neurologist to uh the child to the parent, you know. Because there are gaps in services where people don't know what to do and and we're really trying to try to tell people how to self manage their epilepsy, uh but they don't know where to go and where to turn in many, many cases. And so um, we're very excited about being able to actually put the uh, primary care physicians in the same room with the neurologists in the same room with the parents in the same room with the um, you know with the kids. Uh, so that's something that we're going to be doing this year that we're very excited about. And um, we work with uh, families who are newly diagnosed. Uh, so uh, just a wide range of, of services. And um, I don't feels like that's everything. That's not, probably not everything. I mean, anybody with epilepsy can call here any day. We have some people who call here every single day who have epilepsy. And you know, we are their only social outlet. And um, uh, so it, it's just you, a wide you mean range the same, of symptoms.
2: You mean the same person?
1: Yeah, we have a lot of new people calling every year that are newly diagnosed, but there are some people that have been with us since they were at camp and they were developmentally delayed by the amount of seizures that they had, and that does happen. Um, and that's what people may be afraid of is, you know, when they hear the word epilepsy, they picture the person in the helmet, or they picture the person who's been developmentally delayed. They don't think about people like you and Tony and Jerry and Alan and people like that. They think about the person uh, that has been developmentally delayed uh, because of the epilepsy. And we certainly deal with those people, and you know, we have become a huge support system to those people. We're like their family. Uh, uh, we can come like eight thirty every morning. A, a fellow by the name of Dan calls to say hello to us every day. Um, these people live very lonely lives, and um, we become sort of their families. You know, and 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 we talk to them and. We know about what's going on in their family, and we know everything about their life and, and their history and that sort of thing. So it's, it's you know, uh, we're here for people with epilepsy.
2: Oh, that is so awesome. But I want everyone to know that what you said is true, and this is with many people with disabilities, first time they've had a social outlet, first time.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: you know, I think that is so great. Uh, what you are doing. And while we're, before we go to break, Judy, uh, what is the website in case someone wants to either make a donation and or find out about uh, any of these programs you mentioned? Um, uh,
1: the, the site is www.e as in Edward, F as in Frank, WP as in Paul, .org. It's a great site. We have a lot of things on there for everyone.
2: Okay, so if they want to make a donation, they can go there.
1: They can absolutely go there and make a donation.
2: And if they and want today to today
1: is Tuesday Giving Day.
2: You know, well, it has funny Cyber you would Monday. bring that up because <laughs> this is why we're on the air today. It is Cyber Tuesday Giving Day. That's right. So think about this: if you want to buy a gift, you could make a donation in someone's name to the Epilepsy Foundation
1: That's as right. a gift to them mm-hmm.
2: for the holiday season. You know, for that person, you know, and you say, I just don't know, they have everything, what can I get them? There you are. You could say a donation was made uh, in your name to the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA, and then they will receive a letter saying that, that you can wrap up with a bow and give to them. Absolutely. And you know what, folks? To many of us, much has been given. And when that happens, we have to remember all of those that have much less and who are in need. So regardless of what the amount, take time, think about that. It's uh, Today is a great day, but make sure you have that on your holiday list. And with that, we're going to get ready to go to break. If you just tuned in, we are celebrating Epilepsy Awareness Month, With our guest today, the Executive Director of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA, Judy Painter, and the Chairman of the Board, Jerry Ritchie. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Judy
0: A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
2: Tune in to the Hoffman Connection for inspiration, a life of passion and purpose. Hosts Raz and Grossi and Ed McLoon will bring you ways to remove the blocks in your life that are holding you back. Along with their guest experts, Raz and Ed will use their experience and expertise to help you learn to get closer to what matters to you most. And by doing so, improve your life and the lives of others. The Hoffman Connection can be heard live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. The Internet's number one talk
2: station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
0: If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Spender.
2: Hey, Welcome back to the show I forgot to mention this But it's on the Senate floor today To ratify the United Nations Convention On Rights of Persons with Disabilities This was one of the first things President Obama did Is he did the signing uh, In his first year uh, In his administration First administration First year And he, he uh, did so much for us By doing that But of course it had to be ratified, so we've been working on this since then, and with the help of Tony Quello and Dick Thornburg and uh, Senator Harry Reid, hopefully today's the day. But while you're listening to the show, if you want to tweet your senator and just say, make sure you stand behind this, feel free to go ahead and do that. Uh, but once again, Judy and Jerry, Tony Quello, here's a man living with epilepsy so involved in so many things in the world that impacts people with disabilities. There's another example that you could say, the person that authored the ADA, and the person behind this, Tony Cuello. Hard to believe how much he does. And keeps on doing. I know. He'll never stop. Yeah, I know. Well, Jerry, you as the chair of the board, I wanted to ask you, what has impacted you the most since you've served as our chair?
0: Yes, thanks, Joyce. I think that uh, what has impacted me the most are the people. It's really a pleasure to work with Judy, and she gave a brief description of what her background is, but you have to really appreciate that she's been doing this for 25 years, that she started uh, basically in a cubicle with one person working on the matters for the Epilepsy Foundation herself. And she has built that organization uh, from that point to a very, very extensive organization that has, that has impact throughout Pennsylvania, and candidly, because of the prominent role that Judy has nationally throughout the throughout the nation. So, I think the first thing that strikes me in terms of impact are are getting to know is getting to know Judy and getting to know her her team. She's got a terrific team of people who work around her. There's obviously deep loyalty among those people and they have such a tremendous impact on those with epilepsy as Judy just described. So first and foremost it would be uh, working with Judy and her team. And then I think secondly would be working with the board of directors. Again you have a group of very capable highly talented committed people who are uh, interested in the cause of uh, epilepsy prevention and uh, epilepsy treatment and they uh, are a pleasure to work with, so my primary uh, filter into seeing the work of the Epilepsy Foundation is really through Judy and through the board, and so I would say those would be the two areas that have impacted me the most.
2: Well, I think that is wonderful, and I just want to tell you, um, I agree with you about Judy. I love Judy. I've known her for a long time, and um she is just a wonderful person. We're so blessed and lucky to have her here in Pittsburgh. I just admire her so much for all she's done. I'm proud to say she's our executive director. So the feeling is mutual as it is having you as our chair, Jerry. So I'm,
0: <clears throat> I'm
2: proud that I can say in Pittsburgh that we have it going on when it comes to our foundation. We have the diva. Right here,
0: Judy Payne. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, exactly I mean, how um, Judy should be described. I, I hate to
2: move on from this to such a serious topic, <laughs> I know. Um, but but this topic is for some reason very rarely talked about, and yet it is so critically important that people know about it, um, and that is Sue Depp. So I wonder if you take just a few minutes, Judy, and explain what it is. And how many people with epilepsy are impacted? Um, SUDEP is um, uh,
1: uh, an acronym for Sudden Unexplained Death in Epilepsy Patients. And this is something that people really do not want to talk about. And to tell you the truth, um, I did not hear about this right away, you know, when I first started with the Epilepsy Foundation, no one ever talked about people with epilepsy dying. No one ever talked about a cure for epilepsy. You know, they talked about new medications, new treatments, uh, you know, brain stimulation and diets and, and things like that, but no one really ever talked seriously about a cure for epilepsy or that somebody could die from epilepsy. And I had talked to a couple parents um, whose children had died from epilepsy because of seizures. Now, there's a difference between SUDEP, which is unexplained death in epilepsy patients, and people are becoming much more aware of that, and that's sometimes when you have heart failure or other organ failure as opposed to uh, someone who may be in their bed and suffocate because they have a seizure or other, you know, in bed and you know that sort of is explained you know when i really started working on this with uh, medical examiners uh, in Allegheny County i was told by the one medical examiner that we work with that he has at least one person every week who's died because of a seizure wait a minute yes Here, in
2: allegheny this
1: is in allegheny county one person a week yes at least in allegheny county and no one wow but no one wants to hear that. Certainly people with epilepsy don't want to hear it, and certainly parents don't want to hear it, and certainly people who have wives and children don't want them to hear it. But, now, you, know, now, you know,
2: are these people that died from a seizure, a seizure, or from Sudep. an accident from a seizure? All of those things included, I assume.
1: Probably. But a seizure was involved, and SUDEP was, sometimes SUDEP was involved. But the suit-up is very, very different, and the people with, uh, that are dealing with suit-up, I have uh, something that, you know, I've worked very closely with a family whose seven-year-old daughter uh, passed away from suit-up. And they gave me um, it's uh, sort of an ornament that I keep in my office, and it says, an angel in the book of life wrote down Emma's birth and whispered as she closed the book, too beautiful for earth and um, that's sort of their saying about their daughter, Emma, who passed away from SUDEP. And uh, they have uh, something something called Fair Play every year called leveling the playing field for the fight against epilepsy in SUDEP, and uh, it's in honor of their daughter. It's very inexpensive to go to. Um, you've supported it. The Epilepsy Foundation has supported it. And, um, you know, but they do this in honor of their daughter every every year, and she was had a twin brother, so, um, you know, had epilepsy, but, I mean, I can't tell you how angry she was at the medical community because, and, and I don't want to blame the medical community. I understand that they don't even like to say the word epilepsy, let alone saying there's any possibility that someone might actually uh, pass away from, from, from epilepsy. Um, but, uh, you know, they really started a movement, um, and uh, they're working with uh, the Danny Didd Foundation in in Chicago. They're working with, it seems that the United Kingdom has, uh, you know, uh, uh, is far, far ahead of the United States in discussing this. Uh, You know, Canada is ahead of us, but, you know, we're catching up. Um, we hired someone to do a bibliography on all the studies that have been done on SUDEP. Um, uh, they have Mia who with, with Children's Hospital as their chair, um, professional advisory chair for, for you know, like SUDEP Aware uh, here in Pittsburgh. I'm on their board of directors. But, you know, it's just something that no one talks about. And, you know, especially young pa- parents when, you know, it's bad enough if your child passes away, but if you feel and every single one of those people feel that there is something that they could have done to prevent that, that's probably not true, but they think, gee, if I had known that there was a possibility, I would have had monitors, I would have had this, I would have had that. Uh, so uh, it, it's, it's a very serious condition uh, that no one talks about. <laughs> you think they don't talk about epilepsy. They definitely don't talk about SUDEP.
2: Well, you know, I did ask a doctor.
1: Mm-hmm. I did
2: ask someone, why, why don't you tell people this? And the answer was, well, not everyone will have this. Like when a person has a child and they're diagnosed with epilepsy, I mean, if you would tell them this, they would spend their life petrified. They would be not knowing, you know, they'd be not let, wanting the person to go anywhere, do anything, and that's why. That's not true. Um...
1: People have told, you know, doctors have told people that their child has leukemia. It's, you know, do those people live in fear for the rest of their lives that this child might pass away? Probably. I'm not saying that there's a likelihood that this is going to happen. This is very rare. But, you know, if it happens to you and you think that there's any way that somebody could have told you something differently, I mean, you know, that you could have acted somehow differently and prevented that, You know, you're you're going to feel that way.
2: Yeah, and you know what I say about this? You could say to someone, regardless of what asthma, I don't care what it would be, there's a chance that you know this person could suffocate. Or I mean, I don't care what it would be, Mm -hmm. bipolar disorder. There's a chance your child could take their life. I mean, you could go on forever. With well, you know, I mean, if you, go,
1: if, if, you, if you go swimming, there's a chance that something might happen to you. But I, I, I understand the doctors, but I also understand the parents who are so, so surprised by it, and never having been aware of it, no one ever mentioning the possibility of it happening. And, you know, so it's a, a very, very... Uh, the line that we walk on with epilepsy, because it is a spectrum disorder, Joyce, as you well know, where people yeah. have very serious, you know, uh, are very seriously, uh, developmentally delayed, uh, you know, have 500 seizures a day, uh, you know, people live their lives with, with that sort of condition. And then you have people like you and Jerry and Tony, you know, like who are, are mostly, uh, um, Okay, because you're control, controlled right. because of medication, mm-hmm. uh, and then so you have this wide, wide spectrum, and within that spectrum, some people do pass away, um, mm-hmm. and and it's very, very
2: sad. But uh, yeah, but you never have heard about it. Never heard the, about it. That's not the answer. That is not the answer. So that's why I wanted to talk about it today. It is rare, but it's still someone everyone needs to know about. And if you do just want to know more information, um, you know you can again go to the website uh, for the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central PA. Uh, but I want to just. Or to the national website, regardless of where you're living. If you're not here, you can get epilepsyfoundation.org. But I just wanted to mention, this is not something that happens all the time. This is rare. I think what Judy's trying to stress is just, if it then later on happens to your child, and no one has ever told you anything about this, you can imagine how upset you would be. So, that's why we we do have to at least talk about this and other things, too, that you need to be cautious about, such as taking a bath, such as uh, going out swimming. And I'm not meaning you can't do either of these things, but, you know, I'm very cautious of many things that I do. Um, and when I travel, actually, I usually have someone with me in the same hotel room. Um, and I have had, you know, a major seizure uh, while I've been out of town but you know, none of this has stopped me. None of this has stopped me from doing anything I do, from running a country. To, uh, country. I run a country <laughs> now. Did you know that I'm now the president, taking Obama's place, from running a company. Pretty to, soon, though. So, are you throwing to to your chair hat of into the, the board ring? Of different national, not-for-profits, just like Jerry, all the great things he's doing. You know, it doesn't stop you. It's just you need to be educated, but I don't care if you had asthma, diabetes, any disability, you should be educated. Don't you agree, Judy?
1: I agree 100%. Uh, as I said to you, I was not aware of up until I had parents who called me or, you know, uh, years ago I went you know, one of the people that, you know, is part of the epilepsy family, you know, the young boy who was 18 years old passed away and I went to the funeral and the, and the mother was there and, 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 you know, she was holding me and she said, you know, what could I have done? you know, like, was it just this one night that I could have been in there? And, and what do you say to that person? You know, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, you just don't know what to say. I think that I just... And then, at that time, I didn't know the word SUDEP. I assumed that that person had died because they suffocated, and I I now believe that that it was SUDEP. No one ever talked about it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Jerry, did any doctor ever mention SUDEP to
0: you? No, until I got involved with the Epilepsy Foundation, I never knew about SUDEP.
2: I never did either until I was involved on the board several years. You know, I'm including the national board. So if I had not been involved, Judy, with you, um, and actually I heard more about it from you, the local affiliate, than I did even when I first joined the national board. So, you know, education across the board is always important. But let's go back to happiness now. And, Jerry, how about if you talk about the Mardi Gras, when it will be, and, you know, maybe you could share your thoughts on why you believe it's so successful as it is the party of the year in Pittsburgh.
0: Right. Thank you, Joyce. I think, uh, first of all, I do want to say that I think it would be absolutely fabulous if you ran a country. I think that would be terrific. I'm not sure the United States I don't States know of she's America throwing a is ring right her, her hat into the ring
1: for 2016. <laughs> Never D- Jerry, going would to
2: v- happen. Jerry, Jerry would vote for you. Oh Woody, okay. Well, there you sure. go. I got two no. foot votes here. Maybe with Brad or engineer, I'll have three. But no, I do not have any desire to be in politics. But I am very happy to help behind the scenes. No country running for me. Go ahead, Jerry. Yes, yeah. the,
0: the Mardi Gras is a uh, is an annual event on Mardi Gras. Uh, it is a big, big party. It is an important fundraiser, the most important fundraiser for the Epilepsy Foundation, and For those who attend, and we encourage everyone to attend, it is just a um, terrific event with um, a a terrific live band, a great program, um, a wonderful opportunity before the event to uh, mingle at a cocktail party. Dinner's always a good dinner, it's held in a hotel here in uh, downtown Pittsburgh, and This is another illustration of the tremendous job that Judy does. We always have 700 plus people who attend, and Judy works hard every year, and her team as well, to make sure that uh, we have the appropriate number of guests to raise the appropriate number of uh, the appropriate amount of funds. We always honor a king or queen. Um, This year, our king is going to be the uh, chairman of the board of Heffron Tillotson and uh, she's a young and extremely dynamic woman who we're all we're also excited that she's going to be the chair of the event. So, if you want to have a good time and support a worthy cause, you can't do better than participating in the Epilepsy Foundation's Mardi Gras party.
2: And it is fabulous and Kim is fabulous. She really deserves this. Award, She is the most wonderful person, uh, very deserving to being king of the Mardi Gras. Judy, when is it again? February 12th. February 12th. February 12th, right here in Pittsburgh, PA. So if right someone here in Pittsburgh, want, PA. Yes. Yeah. If, and if as you know, we're, would, sold, we're sold out every year. Every year. That's why if you're listening to the show and you want to go, you better hang up. You better, uh, whenever I'm done oh. with the show, you better call ASAP immediately. Don't talk to anyone else on the phone. Don't do anything else except call the Epilepsy Foundation. She's not kidding. I told the story the other day. I was at a board meeting once. I'll never forget this. It was several years ago. And someone was saying to Judy, this is a board member. Well, Judy, can we get another table? And Judy was saying, well, I mean, we're pretty much sold out. And someone said, well, could we put one out there in the hall area? I mean, this sells out, and people love it and they talk about it, and it is such a wonderful thing for such a great cause, you'll never be the same until you get the <laughs> Mardi Gras.
1: <laughs> we try to make never. sure that no, we try to make sure that no one is bored.
2: That is for sure, um, and you do, as usual, you and your staff do a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Um, so, Jerry and Judy. What do you hope to accomplish over 2013? What, what do you hope to do? We'll start with you, Jerry. How about you?
0: Yeah, I think the key issue facing the foundation from my viewpoint <clears throat> is to focus on the future. What is it that we desire to do? Um, what additional programs are we interested in pursuing? What additional ways can we uh, develop to support the mission of the foundation? And then because you need, fund, you need funds to support new initiatives. We need to talk as well about ways in which we can expand our revenue sources and our fundraising activities.
2: How about you, Judy? And I think that's great, by the way, Jerry. I agree with you.
1: I do too, Jerry, especially with the sounds of the
2: cuts that are coming through.
1: Um, well, uh, right now, uh, besides all the things that we've been doing for for the over the years for people with epilepsy, as far as the camp programs, employment programs, and and working with people with with epilepsy for emer- emergency medication, all the things that we do that I think are really good. And, and recently, we just had uh, our two of our staff members come out with a a very short video to have people talk about epilepsy. Now I know. And um you know, they sort of edited and wrote it themselves and and, and, and it's very nice. and so I, I, I want to say to you that you know my staff, I could not do what I do without the staff that I have, you know and And Joyce, I know that you feel that way about your staff. I uh, do They're just uh, wonderful people. They work very hard. you know, right now, I have about four people that are over working with OVR. Uh, transitioning and, and, and jobs are the things that are most important to us, you know, that, you know, that when people are leaving, uh, high school, going on to secondary education, whether it's uh, a trade or whether or not it's a college, uh, those things are very, very important to us. We want to make sure that those people have the availability or the ability to, to, to get jobs and, uh, transition into society. Um, uh, unencumbered by, uh, epilepsy. So that, as I said to you, that, that's a big thing that we're going to be doing that's new this year, you know, like getting, uh, the primary care physicians and the, and the neuros- uh, neurologists talking with, mm-hmm. with the families to mm-hmm. identify the gaps in services. Um, we're doing, uh, a school nurses program, um, education. Uh, those are all very important things, um, and I'm very excited about the future of epilepsy. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, just, uh, what David Axelrod is doing and raising one million dollars in less than a month, uh, to shave his mustache for, uh, epilepsy services and research, I think is, is exciting. Uh, that brings out the word that, you know, people are talking about epilepsy more now than they ever have before, so I I think all that is exciting, and and that we have a, you know, we can only continue to go up.
2: That's right. Yeah, and my hat's off to David Axelrod and Morning Joe for what they're doing. Well, you know, I know in the next couple of minutes we're going to be ending the show, but before we do, two questions. First for you, Jerry, what? Would you consider your greatest accomplishment in your life? Obviously, you have already done so much. You've achieved more than most people will ever be able to. But what would you say was your greatest accomplishment?
0: Yes, the word I think of is friendship. I've been fortunate enough with a handful of people to be a friend to them when they were in a time of crisis and to help them through that uh, crisis i think of one one very 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 close friend who had a devastating event happen in his life and he was at a point where he felt utterly hopeless and i have uh, i've never really seen a person who felt utterly hopeless but this person did feel utterly hopeless and i was one of a very small group of people who supported him through his period of uh, despair and helped him get from that point, which was the absolute low ebb of his life, to a point where uh, he was able to get past that and to move forward in a very constructive way. So I think the thing I'm the most proud of in terms of accomplishments is uh, the opportunities I've had to be of help to other people.
2: Oh Well, that is a wonderful thing. Well, Judy, with you I'm going to move on to the message. What message would you yeah. like to leave with our listeners today? Well, the message that I'm going
1: to leave with you is uh, something that was said by someone who's very near and dear to your heart, and that's Justin Hart. And I have a quote for him. It says, Empowerment is when we say no to the primitive illusion that society, government, the free market, the public media are some sort of paternalistic super-gods that can give us truth, equality, and prosperity. So wow. empowerment is no, when we say no to that. We're not looking wow. to other people to empower us. We're going to empower ourselves to
2: move forward. What a man. What a great man. Justin Dart, And those words, are so true. He was all about empowerment, all about. Well, Judy and Jerry, thank you so much for being my guest today. And happy holidays to both of you. And keep up the great job you're doing to help people like me.
1: And thank you, Joyce, for all you do to help with people with disabilities and the work that you're doing with bullying. And I have someone for you to talk to
2: about that. I'm, I'm on it. Okay. Happy thanks, to Joyce. do it. Thank,
1: and thank you, you um, Jerry, okay. for everything that you do for the Epilepsy Foundation. Without people like you, we could not exist.
0: And thanks to both of you also.
2: All right, well, we end every show with a quote from someone that has impacted the lives of people with disabilities, and that quote today is, Epilepsy is what I attribute to my ministry, which is employment for Americans with disabilities, said Tony Quello. And with that, we're going to sign off. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at Voice America,